This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello, happy Monday. It's a beautiful one. We just came off of a crazy Pride weekend here in Los Hell Angeles. yeah, we did. Ryan. Can... It was actually in West Hollywood, but yeah, Los yeah, Angeles. I was going to say, place, uh, like, West Hollywood in California, in L.A., <laughs> To be specific. Do you know where you are? <laughs> are you lost? Give me the coordinates. She needs like an air tag <laughs> just to find herself again. Ryan here hosted the stage there and all the programming on Twitch for Out Loud Raising Voices. How is it, Ryan? Woo! Oh, God. Your voice. You sound like you... Uh, That's exactly how it was. <laughs> you've, you've smoked a ton of cigarettes no, and screaming over music. All, relax. <laughs> um... No, it was absolutely an incredible time. There was so much um, queerness. Uh, there were so many people from the community there. Uh, so much great music. The talent was next level. I mean, Jesse J. We had Little Kim. We had Marina. We had Saucy Santana, Cupcake. We had Muna. We had Years and Years. I mean, the list went on and on with the talent that was there. And I am just so excited. Also, the parade. That was really cool. Absolutely fabulous. Channel Q. We walked as a family together. I mean, I didn't walk. I rode into the truck because I ain't walking. I didn't want to get musty. But <laughs> I got musty for you. You sure did. I smelled it. <laughs> <Rude>. <laughs> no, but it was just absolutely wonderful to see so many people out in West Hollywood celebrating yep. the first ever uh, first ever West Hollywood Pride. It was just a beautiful moment. I really, really enjoyed. It was quite iconic. And the first one in person in a long time. Yeah, it was. I mean, we're back. We're back at it. You know, we we have shifted. I mean, the co- the COVID is still here. The pandemic is still here. Let's be clear. But we're shifting towards a brighter future, yeah. and we're shifting towards safety. And we're shifting towards being able to just, you know, hang out with our community again. And it makes us very happy. It made me very happy. Yeah, what a beautiful I, weekend. I must say, as an ally, I was. I had a lot of fun. Did you have to announce that you were an ally? Is that just something that you? I feel like if I just said if if. I had a lot of fun. Knock, knock. I'm an ally. (laughs) Who's there? (laughs) Actually, I'm an accomplice, okay? I don't use the word. No, here's the thing. I think that we we do a lot of work every day uh, for the community, and it's it's not always fun. (laughs) It could be really uh, depressing, as we know. And so it's nice to be in spaces where we get to celebrate everyone and each other. Like, that's for sure. That was what was fun. And anytime I get to bring out my moves and just bop and, like, jump around, I'm good. Yeah, and next time... Hour, I'll be. Uh, I want to talk about the first thing that I ever did this weekend as well. The first thing. The first thing I've ne- like. It's literally oh, the yeah, first like thing f- I've oh, never done. You broke your virginity on something. I mean, honestly, that was a long time ago. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Stick around for that. That's Ryan's tease. Uh, coming up at 3.25 p.m. Pacific, 6.25 p.m. Eastern, we're talking about global LGBTQ rights right now, where we stand from the U.S. side in terms of supporting that with the Washington Blade. Uh, plus, in 30 minutes, California primaries are here. What you need to know with Drexel Hurd, Democratic right. strategist. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. According to NBC News, the first weekend of June had a greater number of mass shooting deaths in the U.S. than the previous three-day weekend, which ended with Memorial Day. The tally for weekend violence through Sunday night was at least 12 killed, 38 injured in shootings, defined by the Gun Violence Archive as an incident where, quote, four or more people are shot or killed, not including the shooter. Now, this is just horrific that this is becoming a headline and this news is coming out. Here is Chattanooga. Tennessee Mayor Tim Kelly asking for federal support. I'm a gun owner. I'm a, I've been a hunter since I was a child. Uh, this is not. Uh, this is not something that you know. I'm not trying to take away anybody's Second Amendment rights, but I think we can agree that there are common sense uh, approaches here. There are really three parties in the United States: Republicans, Democrats, and mayors. Uh, so we will do as mayors what we have to do to keep our people safe. But we could sure use some help at the federal level. Interesting. Get I've your never heard check that. Then you know. Well, I've never heard that. There's three parties: Democrats, <laughs> Republicans, and mayors. Who's what are may? I mean, you know what? Whatever. I've never heard that. That's actually quite interesting. I would love to. Maybe I'll bring that up next time because I just never. I've never heard that. That's interesting. And we, well, we are talking. Because I mean, mayors are. Yes. They are the hearts of a lot of like you know cities and of course. And I think um, it's really interesting to hear it in, explained in that way. Yeah. Tim Kelly. You know, we are talking to Brady United, a nonprofit that um, advocates for gun control. So stick around for that in 15 minutes. We'll ask that question. That was somewhat trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? All right, let's talk Little Nas X because um, he was quite busy over the weekend calling out the BET Awards for offering him an outstanding zero nominations for the BET Awards. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. You know, I kind of like my voice like this when it doesn't go in Sexy. and out, like I'm like hitting puberty. It's kind of sex. You, I bet you're still wondering what my gender is. Anyway, in a series of since-deleted tweets posted on Wednesday, the rapper called out the annual award show for not nominating him at the 2022 ceremony. Um, he said, thank you, BET Awards, and outstanding zero nominations again. And he wrote his first tweet, adding a sarcastic black excellence. You know... He's being sarcastic here, but I think it's something to be said about the fact that he is not, he's at the top of his field, he's at the top of his game. Yes, he's a pop artist, but he's also a hip-hop artist, and him not being recognized by our own community, it is a problem, and probably speaks to a lot of um, internalized homophobia and not understanding, you know, it's the Dave Chappelle effect, not understanding intersectionality. And so, it's quite annoying that he's going through that. I know Quinn Latifah spoke out um, um, in support of this as well, in the sense of Saying, yeah, Little Nas X should have been nominated. He is the top right now. He he has called me by your name. Montero slayed numbers. It broke records. It did so many incredible things. And so the fact that he was not nominated is an issue. Um, some commenters took issue with uh, Little Nas X X's tweet asking him why he felt he should have been nominated. Then prompting him to offer them some quick highlight uh, insights. He says, I don't know, maybe three of the biggest songs of last year, a critically acclaimed album. I feel like that should have helped me a bit. And um, they were like, you know, the commentator said, well, his last few workers were hip hop. And he clapped clapped back saying, well, they have a pop category. So if the BT Awards has a pop category, what's the issue? End of anything. 
wouldn't even BET just like also just want him to be there as the top black performer out there right now? Like, no, just even to present thing. or perform. That's the thing. Homophobia is real. It even, you know, seeps its way into your community, even the marginalized communities, you know? Margin- yeah, marginalized communities do have the ability yeah. of marginalizing other communities. And so that's your team report. We got more coming up next yeah. hour. Stick around for that. Okay, after this, Brady United Against Vi- uh, Gun Violence joins us to discuss where we could land on gun reform considering the latest news after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. As we mentioned earlier, according to NBC News, the first weekend of June had a bigger amount of mass shooting deaths in the U.S. than Memorial Day weekend. And advocates forever have been calling for federal laws to change um, and address the nation's gun violence crisis. And one of them is Brady United Against Violence. Tanya Shart joins us right now, Senior Counsel and Director of Policy at Brady United, to, to share more. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So when you see these numbers come out, what do you think? Have we seen this in the past or is it that we're more aware of all of this happening now? Unfortunately, this is, is pretty typical in, in particular in summer months. Um, I certainly think there's a greater awareness right now, given just the two um, very tragic incidents last month in, in Buffalo and Uvalde. So I think people are paying more close attention. But it is very typical in the summer to see you know, numerous mass shooting events um, in communities all over the country. So to know that 12 people were killed and at least 38 injured in mass shootings um, this past weekend is it's horrific. It's appalling. But unfortunately, it's not an anomaly. Yeah. And that's the thing. It feels like um, and we were speaking about this off of air, but you've already really did shift um, shift something. I feel like it, it feels like there was a major shift in the ways that we're seeing mass shootings being talked about on the media, especially us finding out about Chattanooga, especially us finding out about Pennsylvania. It doesn't seem like those would have necessarily been something we uh, it would have been national news before Uvalde. And are you is that a pro or a con when it comes to media reporting on this? Are they just kind of capitalizing off of, unfortunately, like the news cycle of mass shootings? What are your thoughts? First of all, I think that's absolutely accurate. I think, again, these are happening all the time. And um, it's just because gun violence is so prevalent in this country. Those types of shootings don't don't make the news the same way that um, these other kind of public mass shootings do. Um, I think Uvalde has changed something. I think, you know, we saw similar kind of reactions after Sandy Hook and obviously the Parkland shooting as well. But um, it does feel different this time. And it, and I, you know, as we're doing work, as we're pushing for change in this moment, you know, I, there are moments where I feel almost guilty that we're seeing some progress right now because it's for the worst possible reason. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think the best way to honor people who have been subject to gun violence and in particular these, these most recent shootings is to call for change, is to lift it up, is to make sure people are talking about it, is to get loud about it. So I want everyone to know that these mass shooting events are occurring regularly. I want everyone to realize that community violence is occurring regularly, that, you know, on average, 110 people in this country are dying from gun violence every single day. It's hard to face those numbers, um, but the more that people are being faced with that and are asked to to change, I think the more likely we are to see change. 
Are we seeing Republicans finally kind of see a difference between protecting their rights as like a hunter, gun holder? Like, you know, if you're a responsible person versus, you know, making sure that guns are out of the hands of irresponsible people. Are we finally seeing maybe a shift in that conversation? No one needs AR-15, even if you're responsible or not. So let's be like, meaning do you see more Republicans now coming to the other side? Do you think that will make a difference? I do. I'm hopeful, at least. I know that there are conversations happening in Congress. I know that even in state legislatures, you know, we've seen some Republican legislators take votes in support of bills where they wouldn't have before. Um, in California, there was a, a vote on a ghost gun bill the day, af- day after the Uvalde shooting, and it was it went unopposed. Typically, they would have opposed all of those bills. So I'm hopeful. I've seen just some, you know, stories about gun owners turning in their AR or saying enough is enough. So again, we always wonder, we always wondered what was going to be the tipping point. I think a lot of people were shocked that it wasn't Sandy Hook. Um, but here we are again with another, you know, 19 children shot and killed in schools. And it may well be that this is finally the tipping point. But yeah. until we actually see uh, congressional Republicans, you know, pass or be willing to pass something meaningful, it, it's hard to say for sure. So talk to us a little bit about what Brady United really does in these moments, because obviously it feels like you all are working overtime to really have people understand the the necessity of making sure that there's gun reform happening. And, and even how you're tying it to the work that you're doing that the Supreme Court could really deliver a decision in an NRA-backed lawsuit that's currently going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, Brady, we work in courts, uh, sorry, Congress, courts, and communities. Uh, my, my role is in Congress, meaning we work in Congress and then in state legislators, legislatures. And, you know, what we are working on is moving forward, common sense, you know, data-backed gun violence prevention policies. Um, you know, this is a wide variety from background checks to ghost gun bills to supply-side bills that targets the industry to make sure that they're engaging in responsible business practices and, you know, following this, we've seen some, like, very, you know, positive movement in state legislatures, including in New York. The governor signed 10 um, bills today. The governor in California has asked for all the gun violence prevention bills to make it to his desk by the end of the month. So we continue to work on all of those to, to educate, to, to, to support. And then, you know, we're doing the same thing in Congress. You know, the House moved and the committee moved a um, the Protecting Our Kids Act. You know, we're hoping that there will be a vote on that this week. There's going to be a hearing and oversight committee on the House side. And then, you know, again, we continue to work with our grassroots to activate our grassroots to call on the Senate to take strong action as well, because the House can do all these things. But unless we can get, you know, get 60 votes in the Senate, we're not going to be able to move anything. And mayors can't do anything. We just spoke about a mayor who wanted help. I... No, um, you know, I we again, we work a lot in the states. We also do local ordinances. It certainly depends on the state that you're in. Unfortunately, some states have restricted localities from passing gun laws. Um, so it really depends on where you are. But, the, you know, in a lot of states, there's a real opportunity for cities yeah. to to do what they can. But then, right. you know, at the end of the day, you're still at the mercy of kind of the surrounding cities and the True. state. Unfortunately, uh, Tanya Sharp, thank you again. Uh, Tanya, Senior Council and Director of Policy at Brady United. Uh, We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it so much. Okay, what's coming up next, Ryan? All right, so guess what, California voters? It's time to get clued in Mm -hmm. to the primary elections that are taking place and starting right now. Who should you be focused on? What to know? Coming up next, don't go anywhere. 
Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, the California primaries are happening right now, actually. Well, tomorrow. Uh, t- have you registered to vote and have you done all that? Um, yeah, of course. So, that when, so luckily, when I decided to move, I um, had to update my registration and get all that new information there so I can get all the information right over to the right address. But I was starting to get information about, um, you know, the, the what, what are they called? The people who are running? Candidates. Candidates, that's the word. Child, whatever. They, they, I was getting information about them, like, I feel like, for months now at this point, you know, and I've been, I still need to do a deep dive into who I need to like really be watching. And, and I've been seeing some conversation online about some folks who I'm not fans of from what I'm seeing, but I also want to form my own opinion. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, Governor Gavin Newsom is up for uh, re-election for his second and final term after beating a recall attempt last year. Um, Californians will also pick candidates for lieutenant governor, treasurer, attorney general, and secretary of the state. Uh, you know, uh, state assembly seats and even number st- state senate districts are on the ballot as well. There's a lot of stuff, and I'm assuming not everyone knows <laughs> everything that they want to do or vote for. Um, Well, a lot of people don't ever look down ballot, you know, and that's the problem. And I think when we're talking about all the things that are happening when it comes to abortion rights, when it comes to LGBTQ plus rights, we really have to be focused on the people in our local communities, because if we're not focused and zoned in on them, those are the folks who are actually making these subtle changes that are impacting your kids' lives, that are impacting the queer folks in your lives, the trans folks in your lives, like all of these people in your lives that you're just thinking like, oh, who's this person I'm, I'm going to vote for? Well, okay, cool. I'll just vote for it because everyone else is voting for. But no, guess what? You end up finding out that a lot of these people are just not um, actually there. Okay, yeah. Well, then also the marquee race happening right now in L.A. is for the successor to Mayor Eric Garcetti, which everyone's wondering, is it going to be Rick Caruso, you know, the billionaire developer, or, um, and there's also progressive U.S. representative Karen Bass. They're front runners in the polls. Well, it's the crazy thing. So I've been, um, every time I'm watching Good Morning America, I'm, I'm assuming it's now Rick uh, Caruso, but whoever it is, child, they be dragging the mess out of Karen Bass, talking about she missed like 525, you know, votes and how they were important. And there were votes to like impact the community or like stop violence and things like that. And, um, and I, you know, obviously Rick Caruso has been the, the celebrity endorsed, um, person. Kim Kardashian has been all over, um, social media. She actually endorsed him. No way. And they've had a pretty long conversation according to her where she feels that he is the right choice. My only thing is, yeah. what is your take? I'm just not necessarily, um, for sure about that. I'm always a little weary, if I'm being quite honest, when I start to see like celebrities and I start to see a lot of people kind of jump on a on a train where I'm like, oh, okay, what pocket, what money pocket is he in? Why is why why are all these celebrities now kind of okay with this being their choice? And also, I don't really believe that celebrities can shift of like voters' minds. Like this isn't 2008. This isn't when like Obama was running for president and every person in media was like 
signing on to Obama, right? It was just a little strange to me to to see Kim Kardashian well, actually really, um, especially in all the work that she's doing. And I know, like, she's supposed to be like, you know, she helps folks get out of jail and prison and things like that. But I, I think when you learn more about Rick Caruso's um, political career, it feels like it's not even aligned with the things that she actually wants to do too and so i i'm just unsure and so i never take the word of a celebrity when they're talking about endorsing um someone well if you're you're like thinking about well, listen you're it's talking about happening. la right so inevitably the people that have big names in la whereas others you know other cities it will be someone who probably is influential in some way or has money right is an industry you know maybe in their certain industry and leader but you're talking about it's gonna video? be celebrities can i actually play the video yeah. of kim Kardashian? let's do it it's actually so it actually kind of I'm irritates a gun owner. me i'm a, I'm a hunter i'm got it in, in a minute yeah Wait she wasn't talking please. about gun ownership <laughs> no she i mean could she though she might she, she does you know she's a lawyer now she hey, passed the bar. i'm impressed i was i've been watching the kardashians Hey guys, um, so I recently met with Rick Caruso, who was running for mayor in Los Angeles. And I don't typically endorse anyone in politics because I just really have never been about the politics. But when it comes to my hometown and I feel like there's people that can really make a difference. I recently spoke out about Henry Stern, um, who is a senator in my area in Calabasas. Um, and I know the election's coming up and I just wanted to share my thoughts on Rick Caruso. I think that he, um, I just don't know. It just does not feel interesting. Like it just feels like, you know, be more clear about Elon why Musk. All, here's the thing. Elon Musk also endorsed Rick Caruso. If that doesn't feel like the four apocalypse, like the four horsemen of the apocalypse or whatever it is, that does not feel okay for well, me. So who do it you, doesn't feel okay. For yeah. Me. I mean that maybe I am questionable of who Elon so Musk I like endorsed. to do my own, uh, my own kind of deep dive into these candidates. Find out who's the appropriate candidate. Of course. And if, when I'm thinking about even Karen Bass, you know, she is a black woman who's been in, in politics for most of her career. Mm-hmm. She's been a leader in the community. She's a California owned. She did have that one moment where she kind of endorsed Scientology when she like was. <laughs> she, that was a she long did, like, time ago. I know, but Everyone still, you know, I still, girl, LA. once you're in Scientology, you <laughs> in it. So I'm always going to look at you a little strange, you know, but I, at the end of the day, just make the right choice for yourself, because I think uh, if you are here in California, the primaries are so, 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 so important. And yeah, think about it. Uh, hopefully the GOP will not win big during these elections. Yeah. Please. All right. So uh, coming up, what one conservative candidate did to uh, take pride books from book uh from actually libraries okay because this is getting crazy what these folks are trying to do next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q you know the gop is doing so much to get any lgbtq books out of libraries right in schools well check out what this conservative candidate recently did heather fletcher who is uh, working for Maryland, Frederick County Board of Education in Maryland. She recently checked out 20 books from a Pride Month display at the public library to protect children's innocence. She also took a library cup of full of pronoun pins. How dare she? I feel like it's one of those things like... Wait, there were what, pins that had the pronouns yeah. on them? Yeah. Like, so people could put, this is my, these are my pronouns. She is hateful. She's evil. I bet you her cookies come out stale and crunchy. I mean, 
It's like, what do you think her household is like? Like, it's like Dark. the worst. If you think about women. Trenchable from Matilda, she has her own personal chokey. <laughs> That's where she threw those pins. Those, those are the nails that come in. So she throws little kids in there. <laughs> And tells them to eat this awful armpit chocolate cake that she created. She says she felt disturbed that her three kids or other children might see the word queer on a book and then asked age inappropriate questions. I don't what what's what's the most inappropriate question you think could come from that? Well, that's the problem. I'm it, wondering. No, nothing. I don't know because all they're saying is like, here's how, how do you feel? How do you want people to uh, identify you as? Like, what do you think about two parents, that two same-sex parents? Like, these are just normal things that- are just two people who love each other. Exactly. I mean, the, the biggest issue I have with all of this is that a lot of times you have an issue because you're not around anyone like this. So you don't need to have the conversations with your kids, right? So it is weird and worrisome and scary for you to have to have these conversations with your kids. The extremes happening to get these things out so of people's hands. Someone should just take those hands. pins and throw them at her. <laughs> I mean, there's a place in af- the afterlife for all these people. But yeah, we got to do more to protect kids in these libraries as well. Uh, next up... How One Tech Brand wants to help you leave your abusive relationship. The big announcement that happened today after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Yes, thanks for hanging out with us today. It's Shira and Ryan. We're here in the studio together. Hope you're enjoying this great music on Channel Q and more coming up. Yep, real quick. Mm -hmm. Didn't I tell you something? What? You don't remember? short-term memory. It's crack. That's what it is. That's her short-term reason. Your short-term memory is because it's crack. Uh, Crack is wax, Shira. That's what Whitney Houston said. Rest in peace. Anyway, um, so real quick, I got to talk about the first thing I ever did. Oh, yes. Remember? I didn't know if it was going to be now or later in the show. No, I said at the 3 p.m. hour. I teased it. got it. Were you there? Yep. I sometimes feel like I deal with like a doppelganger of Shira. Like, it's it's like I'm... Ryan, just share your story. Um, okay, oh God. so I also got to do a really cool thing this weekend besides hosting We Hope Ryan. What? I got to like walk a red carpet. Oh, yes. I'll, okay, you reveal. I know what you're talking I about. I got to walk a red carpet at the MTV Movie and TV O-M-J. Awards. And guess what? What? I was on USA Today's Entertainment like stylist. Did they t- pick you as... E wait, online. Did they pick you E-Muses. as best dress? Well, it wasn't like a best dress thing. It was just like everyone on the carpet. And I was in the lineup. But with, still, like, alongside that's everyone amazing. else. I know that's cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the cool. Google alert for. Yeah. Let me look. I'm going to Google... Uh, you also got that custom made, so they must be happy. I mean, I know, right? I got this cool amount of press. That's anyway, why you gotta just, uh, you know, it was fun. focus on your outfit because then you could end Even up like that. I looked, I googled my name, which you should never probably do. Someone did put me on their worst dress list. No, they did not. He did. What? He called me tacky. Oh, shut. But also, Lisa, Lisa Renna from Housewives was on there too. So clearly, he has bad taste. Just say you don't get the vision. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait for you to have a reality show so you can call all these people out. Watch out. You're no, on it's fine. Ryan's list. Uh, it, he was cute, though. I would date him. Okay. I, I, you know, toxic it might be, but he was cute. He could talk. He could call me tacking in my face, call, and I'd still be like, yeah. take me out of the date. Call him out and then bring him into bed. <laughs> okay, coming up. <laughs> We sure. go from that to this, what I'm about to talk about. What do universal screenings for mental health look like for students? Wow, that really speaks And for to Ryan. That. Yeah. Uh, that's in 30 <laughs> minutes. 
plus why Adam Sandler looked beat up on his latest morning show appearance. That's in the Cheer Report in a moment. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Uh, trans girls would be barred from competing in Ohio school or college sports under a bill passed by the House GOP. People would also be able to accuse student athletes of being trans under the bill. <laughs> under the legislation, students would have to prove their gender by having a doctor certify their generals. It's just... Um, let's move on to Apple, who made a lot of announcements today. Oh, they did? Well, yeah, yeah it's uh, one of their WDCs or yeah. whatever they're called. <laughs> they revealed their new safety check feature in iOS 16 intended to help those in abusive relationships. Do we have the clip? Oh, Here we I go. had no clue there was a clip. Yeah, you know what? It's let me. Yeah, do it in your way. Let me try sure, I found a hack to this. <laughs> I found the hack if it loads. We're not even in Mercury. Wow, Retro this is grade. not the hack. It's literally still voting. <laughs> I actually really Just want to say what this they said then. Well, they said that, you know, a lot of couples have their phones shared together, right? Like they have the settings shared. Well, really? Who are... does that? That's already abusive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lack of boundaries. Like, yeah. But what you could do is right away, if there's an issue, you can stop sharing location. You can reset privacy permissions and access to your messages. So it might be that you've shared things or maybe they have access to your password or something like that, which yeah, I agree. I I don't have that with my current partner and previous Donald partners. Never have that passwords. No, oh, that's good. Yeah, like I, I maybe if we lived together, it'd be a bit different. But um, you know, a lot of people do this though. I mean, I I share location sometimes just out of just safety. But if you're in a sticky situation, um, I just think this is great that they have this in a way for you to get support. Possibly describing an abusive relationship as a sticky situation. It could be everything from a sketchy situation, sticky situation, to more extreme. I actually hate, I hate that. The sticky situation I phrase? Don't, yeah, okay. it's not a good like one. The, like the word moist. Yeah, but it just, it just, it reminds me of like, oh, I got syrup on my hands. That's a sticky situation. <laughs> not getting like an abusive relationship. Like that's different. Point taken. All right. <laughs> finally, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia voiced his support today for raising the age to 21 for purchasing semi-automatic weapons and questioned why people need to own high-powered AR-15 style weapons, putting him at odds with Republicans who are resisting these types of restrictions on access to firearms. He said, I never thought I had a need for that type of high-capacity automatic weapon. He told that to CNN. I like to shoot. I like to go out and hunt. I like to go out sports shooting. I do all that, but I've never felt I needed something of that magnitude. So maybe Joe Manchin will be on the right side of history for this. Yeah, when that, as soon as like Mercury retrograde is out of retrograde, he's like acting right. That was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? Ooh, let's talk Adam Sandler. Wow, that was like really embarrassing. My voice is just cracking. So um, he went on uh, Good Morning America with a black eye, oh. and you will not believe what happened. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Adam Sandler went on live television with a noticeable shiner on his left eye. He starts off by saying, this is something I have to discuss, right? And here is what he had to say. This is something I have to discuss, right? <laughs> I was in bed in the middle of the night. You know how they tuck in your, your sheets at the bottom? Some people, somebody tucked in the sheets too much. I had my phone in the middle of the bed. I kicked my feet up. To... 
untuck it. The phone went flying, hit me in the head. I refused to acknowledge it. I felt blood. I said, there's something going on, but I got to sleep. Nothing cool about this thing. It looks so cool. When I'm on the streets of New York, I see people going, oh, okay. He, he likes yeah. to fight that guy. I'm like, it was a bad accident. Do you know how many times I have oh, dropped my phone my on my God. face? This is so relatable. Wait, how did you do that? Oh, my God. You know, if I'm just like I'm laying down and I'm looking up and, you know, sometimes my hands just get weak. Or <laughs> and I just drop my phone on my what face. What are you looking at? Their hands are getting weak. Well, <laughs> don't look on Twitter. <laughs> you know, my boyfriend, that happens to him too. He falls asleep while reading every night. And I'm like, and the other Who are you dating, Mr. Rogers? And then the other night. Does he have a cardigan on too? No, it's not an actual book. It's his phone. He's reading or looking at his phone. That's how he falls asleep, which I don't like. But <laughs> the other night. Couple like, therapy. The other night, I'm falling asleep, you know, I have my, my uh, head on his shoulder, and then the phone falls, and I'm like, that could have fallen on me. It should have. Al, oh, that's your team report. Your pop culture story is trending right now. Uh, we have more coming up next hour, so stick around for that. Actually, we are talking. Let's give, oh, well, I got to find a story. So you'll find out up next. Okay. <laughs> coming up after this, we have the Washington Blade joining us to talk about LGBTQ. Uh, laws and rights around the world. Um, this author spoke exclusively to the U.S. Envoy for Global LGBTQ Rights. I find this really interesting, so more about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The special U.S. Envoy for the Promotion of LGBTQ Rights Abroad recently spoke to the Washington Blade about what is being done to support communities internationally. And we wanted to get the author of this article on to talk more about this because I'm just fascinated by what the U.S. is doing to push these things forward, considering where we're at, too, right? with um, supporting the community. Well, Michael Lavers joins us right now, the international news editor of The Washington Blade. Great having you on. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me again. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah. Now, as Pride hits worldwide, are countries making announcements to support the community? Are we seeing things progress? Yeah. I mean, internationally, it's always very interesting, and it depends on which country you look at. Um, certainly, there are many countries in the world where this discussion is not even possible at this moment, um, being LGBT is actually illegal, and in some countries, it's actually punishable by death. Um, so we're not talking about those countries, and I'm thinking like Saudi Arabia, Iran, some other countries um, in the region. But what we're talking about here with Jessica Stern, the special envoy, <clears throat> is countries where uh, the governments might be more receptive to this issue, or they're actually proactively um, pushing LGBTQ rights. So Canada is one example. There's many countries in South America and Latin America, Europe. And so, yeah, it really depends on where you're looking at. But there is a large number of countries where LGBTQ issues are certainly advancing. Um, and that's what she's doing. And that's what the administration is trying to support through this work. Yeah, and I guess when we're talking about progress, how quickly is progress happening? Or is it happening? Is it going slower in some spaces than others? Yeah, again, it, it, it really depends on the country in which you're looking. So, for example, I was in Chile back in March on assignment, and one of the things that happened when I was in Chile was their marriage equality law took effect, and it was a decade-long battle to get this through the country's Congress. It finally happened last year. And the law that 
um, extended marriage and adoption rights to same-sex couples um, took effect on March um, 10th of this year. And again, I was actually in Chile when that happened. So that's one very concrete example. Um, Switzerland same-sex marriage law will take effect in July. So that's another example. Um, and it's not only just same-sex marriage, of course. Countries like Argentina, countries, um, some countries in Europe have really gone a long way to legally recognize transgender and intersex folks. So they're able to, for example, change their legally change their gender identity without having to undergo surgery. So you're seeing that in some countries as well. But it really just depends on the specific country. But there is certainly real significant progress happening in many countries around the world that and that should be recognized and celebrated yeah definitely and what is jessica stern specifically doing who is the special u.s envoy for lgbtq rights how much does she have in terms of like an ability to encourage these countries to push things forward and like and what is she doing with the state department as well because it seems like there were some recent announcements too Right. Um, basically, she's the public. She's the very public face of the Biden administration's overall efforts to support LGBTQ rights as far as part of U.S. foreign policy. She was appointed by the president just about a year ago, and she's really, um, very simply, she's really like the point person in the administration on LGBTQ issues abroad. Um, she was the pres- um, executive director of a group called. Outright Action International for more than a decade. So she really brings a lot of experience to this um, work. And so one of the things that, excuse me, one of the things that she was very involved with was the State Department's decision earlier this year to start offering passports with ex-gender markers. And so obviously that has a real implication for transgender and intersex folks. The one thing she more recently talked with me about was um, the public acknowledgement that the efforts to support LGBTQ rights abroad now includes marriage equality in countries where activists in those particular countries say that such a thing is possible either through laws or through the judicial process. And so she's very actively engaged with activists around the world who might be pushing such an issue or might be pushing transgender rights or intersex recognition. So she really takes her cue from the activists. But again, she's the real public face of the administration's efforts to champion or to promote LGBTQ Mm -hmm. rights abroad. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what she does. Okay, well, thank you for your coverage of this and and breaking it all down. It's obviously so important. That was Michael Lavers, the international news editor of The Washington Blade. Hope to have you back soon. Anytime. Thanks so much. Okay, we we actually were walking pride next to them. Washington Blade. There you go. Well, it was the L.A. Blade. Okay. But, I mean, they're all the same family. There you go. Thank you. What is coming up next, Ryan? Well, let's talk the warning signs that can be detected sooner through universal screenings for students' mental health. That's coming up. Don't go anywhere. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Well, it seems as we talk about gun control at schools and gun safety... A lot of people are talking about mental health. That's the buzz word phrase these days. So could there be any sort of universal screening for student mental health that can flag if something like this could happen, if a student could end up 
committing a violent crime. Well, uh, pr- a professor wrote about this in theconversation.com, and we wanted to bring him on today. Uh, thanks for being here. Um, this is Nathaniel Von Der MC uh, from the University of South Florida. Thanks for joining us. I just call him Nate. Yeah, Nate works great. Professor Nate, wait, you have a very, uh, where are you from originally? Because you you just sounded like you came out of here from the U.S., <laughs> Professor Nate. Yeah, well, well, Ohio, <laughs> but Germany before that. Well, where's on, that Ohio. name from? <laughs> it's from Germany. There you go. Okay, thank you. So I'm not so crazy. You okay. You didn't get the Germany from Von uh, <laughs> Yes. So let's talk about more seriously your article because I found it really interesting as everyone's trying to figure out some sort of solution here or where we go moving forward. You're looking at how we can support students' mental health. So what are you looking at right now? Well, I think when we're having this kind of debate, what really gets missed um, when we're talking about solutions for um, keeping kids safe in schools is this idea of supporting students' mental health before severe problems exist. When we're talking a lot about kind of these reactionary measures after some horrific massacre occurs, I think of these as adult reactions to child problems. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to think about it from a, a child perspective and how can we recognize those signs for help, those calling out signs of distress and getting kids support before um, bad things happen. Well, yeah, I mean, this problematic approach when it comes to discipline referrals are really impacting black and brown students the most. In what ways are we seeing that happen? Well, that's exactly it. When we're thinking about it, like let's say a typical classroom of 20 or 30 kids, on average, we know about five or six of those kids are going to need some kind of help. And yet, who's getting kind of referred? It's really the kids that might be easily observed to be disruptive. And fortunately for, for many educators that are mostly black and brown boys. So these kinds of disproportionality in the referrals are really obscuring um, kind of a more broader need for mental health services, in addition to be highly damaging for students that are referred for those discipline referrals and don't get the help that they need. And so would teachers be given, you know, this, I guess, like, would it be in their hands? Because as you mentioned here, teachers rarely receive training in mental and behavioral health, and that would be a huge responsibility. Yeah, I I think it's a a whole school responsibility, first and foremost. Um, When I think of mental health and social emotional learning, this is not separate from academics and reading and math and, and writing. There's no kind of two parts of a kid, right? The academic side and the social emotional side. If you want to get to the academics, you have to be able to support a child's uh, emotional development, their, their social development, and, and to really ensure those kind of long-term outcomes. Now, that being said, you know, this is, we have to be, take a lot of care for not putting one more thing on a very busy yeah. teacher's plate. And so when we're thinking about kind of how do we use these data in a quick, efficient manner, it has to be both the teacher uh, voice as well as the student self-report. That student voice is just absolutely critical. In some of our early research now, we've seen huge differences between teacher and student self-report. And it's really been eye-opening for the schools to say, whoa, there's a ton of kids that have these emotional concerns that never would have been on our radar. So I guess for me, I'm wondering, what are the flags which should, that we should be looking for, you know, when it comes to this conversation? Well, I mean, if you're looking for flags, you're already too late. 
and, and ultimately, we have to take a more proactive stance to this. Um, I think there's been a lot of discussions around kind of red flag laws. What does that mean for, for folks experiencing some kind of significant distress? I mean, ultimately, by the time it reaches that level of need, that person needs immediate help. And what we're advocating for is a completely shift in the conversation to, hey, let's be more proactive. Let's take a, a prevention type of approach that's really going to catch kids that need help early. I think there's one really important kind of idea here that, that needs, schools need to consider, and that's the idea that not only are we looking for signs of psychological distress, but also those kind of quiet kids in the back of the classroom that just aren't displaying the pro-social emotional coping skills we know they need. And then giving them more support, basically. I mean, schools can barely support their students in general. Well, yeah, and, and you bring up a really great point there as well. When we're talking about kind of screening approaches, it's not that every kid that comes up on a screener is going to need a one-to-one therapist 30 mm-hmm. minutes a day, right? Rather, these kinds of data starts a conversation at the school level. What is that school's priority for that year? What kind of school level, universal, and classroom levels of sports that we can put in place as the result of these kinds of information? And that's where we start rather than this reactive approach on a one-by-one or case-by-case basis. Okay, well, that was Professor Nate, if you don't mind me calling you that, uh, Professor of School Psychology at the University of South Florida. We really appreciate it. And go check out that article. It's really uh, a great one, theconversation.com. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, well, next up, do you ever regret sending that text message? I know, Ryan, you probably have had those regrets. Well, there could be a solution. We bring you that next. I don't regret a thing. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Have you ever sent a text message that you regret sending? This mm. is to everyone listening and to you, Ryan. Well, I have. I've done it once. Only yeah, once? I, and I told, Only once? No, because this one was pretty embarrassing. I've told this story over the airways before. It was like a group chat that I was in oh, with my coworkers. That. And you uh, d- did something inappropriate? No, I you didn't. You didn't, pre- you didn't pull a Jeffrey. What's her name? I, say, I didn't CNN. do what? Oh my god, that sounded <laughs> awful. That is not what I did. I was using the bathroom. A little and fa- I was texting, and I accidentally sent a a, 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 a voice message of me <laughs> farting to the group chat. It oh, happened. It still makes me laugh. It did happen, and I had to play it off like I did not do that. Uh, but then everyone was like, "Did you just send us a voice message of you farting?" And yeah. True story. There you go. It happened. I'm admitting it here. I now feel lighter. They'll sell it to uh, gas and truth. <laughs> they'll sell it to New York Post in the future. <laughs> it happens to everyone. <laughs> Listen to what Ryan Mitchell did over text. It happens anyway, to everyone. Well, guess what? Apple has just announced that you will be able to unsend messages in their upcoming iOS 16 update. Okay, so they said that. They're determined to make iMessage competitive to WhatsApp, whatever, and other places. They added edit and an undo send as an addition. That is so needed, right? My hope, though, this is like where it could get sketchy. What if someone actually sent something and, like, you could use it against them, right? Because it was bad. And then they just edit it. But I guess it will say edit. So they'll be like, I saw you did something. But why? Will it give a notification that it's been deleted? I think it's similar to WhatsApp where you say it says deleted and all See, that. See, what's the point of that? Because then it's well, putting then you on you the spot. Well, then you could say, 
I, uh, I sent something, I misspoke, or, oh, no, I got mistake, sent something to you that was supposed to be for it, someone else. If you're deleting it, you're trying to erase it from existence. So <laughs> yeah. I don't want you to know that. Like, that's how Instagram does it, where Instagram literally, um, once you delete a message, it sends them, the person that you're deleting the message to, it sends them a notification that someone just, like, took a message back. Why are you snitching on me? That is so rude. <laughs> so rude. Well, listen, I think that sometimes you make a mistake or, yeah, you could send something that was supposed to be for someone else. So why not be able to edit it or just delete it? You don't need to see that. Not it was never that. meant for you. Who knew Apple would come up with an edit button before Twitter did? Who knew? We're finally seeing the day. We'll be able to tell our kids we we knew the day when you sent something and you you couldn't get it back. It was out there and it was there permanently. That will be the things we tell our kids we experienced. Wow. Did you hear that noise, Shell producer Shelby? It was a bombing. That joke bombed. No, but that's true. You know, like back in the day, every generation has their thing. I think at a certain point, not my parents, but like grandparents was like, I used to walk to school. Which by the way, blah, blah, blah. we do have a new producer, but she's not ready she's to get on the mic away. yet. She's already running away. Oh, you're oh, ready? Oh, Period. What oh. do you have to say? Get well, on that did, yellow mic. mic on? What do you have I to say? I this one was broken. No. <gasps> no. Liar. See, I, know, I, I didn't say it was broken. I said I didn't want to sit next to you. The orange uh, one is broken. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, we have to wrap. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> um, say hi. I was just going to say I'm not having kids, so I won't have anything fun like that. Well, end, what about so. your cousins or uh, nieces and nephews? Yeah, they're all back in Ohio. So you're just never yeah. going to talk to them again? Never going back. <laughs> I'm on my own. Bye. I hate them too. <laughs> okay. After this, why Pizza Hut is being canceled by the people who love them the most, the GOP. Next. Oh, wow. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Okay, welcome back to the show and stick around for more music here on Channel Q. But right now, let's get into some more show. Uh, coming up in 15 minutes, we're getting into pride fashion. And are some brands doing it right or are all brands just going cringy? And we're right going to talk about what Shira's boyfriend told her when she tried to pick oh, yes. pride outfits. Totally. Um, and also, what would you do if you saw Drake at the airport? What happened to these one fans in the tier report in a moment? First, let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. Uh, according to supporters of a new Pizza Hut boycott, the restaurant chain is grooming pre-K kids into a gay lifestyle through their literacy program that the company supports. So this program is called Book It. It's a free reading incentive program for pre-K through sixth grade classrooms. And uh, parents and homeschool families sponsored by the pizza chain use it. Um, they are recommending two books on the LGBTQ community on their website in, in light of celebrating Pride Month, including Big Wig and Be Amazing, A History of Pride. Right? Doesn't seem like that should be bad. Well, now there's a boycott Pizza Hut hashtag going around Twitter. How dare they put these books in front of our youth? Remember when Pizza Hut used to do those book uh, book club things, and you can get like uh, like a little small pizza if you ran a lo- like a certain amount of bucks, and you get like to take it over to Pizza Hut. I didn't know about this. Yeah, I didn't do that in is. Canada. That's literally what this is. Well, good to know. What I, another thing I missed? Well, I don't, in think, Canada. I don't think Pizza Hut was around in the 1800s when you were it's growing true. up. Back in my day when you couldn't delete text messages. Now, uh, today, Governor Ron DeSantis signed SB 1028, creating the Fairness in Women's Sports Act and preserving fair opportunities for female athletes to demonstrate their strength, skills and abilities in athletic competition. 
first of all, the, it's, it's not a message to anything other than saying we're going to protect fairness in women's sports. We believe that um, it's important to have integrity in the competition, and we think it's important that they're able to compete on a level playing field. And, uh, you know, you've seen what's happened when you don't have that. Yeah, the bill specifies that an athletic team or sport that is designated for females, women, and girls may not be open to students of the male sex based on the student's biological sex listed on the student's official birth certificate at the time of birth. Moving on to uh, more stuff coming out of Florida. Several Tampa Bay Rays players refused to wear the team's rainbow-colored logo on their uniforms for Saturday's 16th annual Pride Night. Rays pitcher Jason Adam chose not to wear the logo. He said that it was a faith-based decision. According to the Times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news? <laughs> oh my God. Imagine just sitting in the airport, minding your business, and then you see the sexy man that is Drake enter into the airport. And guess what he did? He decided to take a shot with these women. It's time for the T Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. I would freak out. That is wild. I think if I was there and I was alone and like, and there's not a lot of people there and Drake's just there, I would just be like, should I keep to myself or say hi? Not sure. Yeah, well, a pair of friends had reportedly been indulging in happy hour at a local eatery when they noticed none other than Drake had entered the building. Basically, um, he initially declined an offer from the ladies to buy him a drink, explaining he was on his way to the airport, but doubled back and joined them for a round on him instead. The woman who actually captured, uh, she captured the moment on camera, uh, told TMZ that while she initially had asked the bartender for a shot of Jack, um, basically Drake took it up a notch after she stopped filming and ordered her a Johnny Walker, which, everything. And so I guess a user identifying as the lady's uh, sister who was a part of, you know, sitting there and actually experiencing this with her, uh, shared the clip. She said, I'm legit screaming because I love that man. And I don't know how she kept her composure. I'm such a fangirl for him. Um, I mean, she was pretty chill. And I'm amazed that he was very cool, too. What a moment. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to buy y'all some drinks. You know, I love that for him. Oh, yeah. It it makes me uh, like him a bit more. I mean, he's been questionable sometimes in the past. But he's a Canadian, and he's a nice Jewish boy from Canada. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's Drake. When is he not questionable? I don't know. I think he has a gambling problem. That's another time for another. That's another. That's there you another go. Time. But I think he does have a gambling problem. We can talk about it. Oh, yeah. He was on his private flight, that video of him doing that gambling stuff. Yeah, but I think he's, like, really bad. Okay. Well, we could discuss that another time. Wishing, wishing him in the last love, you know? It went from really high to really low. I do think he has a gambling problem. Well, coming up next. That's your report. (laughs) uh, Why Pride merch is so cringy. Is it possible to do it right? We're going there next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It's nothing new that the Pride merch and fashion can be very cringy to many people, including what all these brands release, you know, uh, from Target to Walmart to... Where else have you seen stuff? I mean, everywhere. I feel like everyone has. Amazon. Oh, yeah. I mean, speaking of which, I was an Amazon girl in terms of when it came to our pride. I I It didn't really work out for me. Why didn't it work out? What happened? I I got some sort of metallic space-agey outfit I thought was really cute. Uh, Unfortunately, a bit too tight for me. (laughs) 
and it would have been just very uncomfortable. Uh, so I, I opted for just some cute shorts and the Channel Key T-shirt. Keep it easy breezy. Made, you made it into a crop. You know what? The promo team was doing it, and I liked the way it looked on her. I said, you know, I want to make it cute and sexy. I don't want like, like a baggy, slouchy. You? you know what? I do feel like I see a lot of people wearing not a lot. And so I'm not gonna. I'm not. I don't need to do that. But I do want to show off. Not some skin. Not a lot of queer folks because that's what they're allowed to queer. do. So am I not allowed to show some skin? You're allowed to do whatever you want. I feel like you, I want to have cute and sexy too. You have autonomy too. of your body. I know. I think. But so. I believe. I, I do. do think sometimes straight people, cis het people specifically. Um, end up tr- going a little tacky. Oh, yeah, trying too hard. And, uh, and trying too hard. Was I trying um, too hard? Well, when do I was you literally not like, try too hard? <laughs> okay, well, there you go. See, if typically you try too hard and you try too hard to pride, at least like uh, I'm consistent. Uh, well, I'm so happy you found the bright side of things, as usual. You know. I just think um, when you're thinking of corporations, like big corporations, of course, if they don't have a queer person in the room, which normally it seems like they don't because they come up with some of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, I know you all already spoke about the Burger King with the two tops and yeah. the two bottoms of the burger sandwiches. <laughs> Disgusting. Even so though they weird. kind of awkwardly look delicious. <laughs> I would love to have two Sesame Sun. Uh, Sesame I kind of want to try it. Two tops... Uh, that is not a party. If they were in, if they actually knew what West Hollywood was, two tops is not a party. <laughs> they would know that there needs to be a top and a bottom. And two bottoms is most definitely not a party. <laughs> Depending on some people, you never know. If I mean that's your thing, go for it. But I just think that anytime there's moments where you see just tacky merch, our food companies doing things like making queer folks into food, it's just all bad ideas. It's never good, and it's just it takes all you have to do is just. You can literally, if even if you don't have a queer person working for you, t- like, full-time, consult and hire someone to come in and actually tell you this is what works, this is what doesn't, because you're profiting off of an already marginalized community who is fighting for their lives on a daily basis through anti-LGBTQ legislation that we're seeing constantly. And so the fact that you want to take part in this to show that your company is something special and doing a part of it and changing your avies to a, a, a rainbow flag... And are making a, a, you know, a pride campaign out of food or some stupid crap. It just feels like, what are you truly doing this for? What do you actually want to say? How are you taking part in it? And are you secretly giving money to anti-LGBTQ folks who are actually, you know, hurting our lives? What, like, what's the real truth here? And for me, it's just not about just wearing a love is love shirt. It's so much more than that. Definitely. I don't get how these companies don't have some of that representation. And like when you're creating a, a brand or a collection around a community, wouldn't you have that community in there creating that? I don't get it. Well, producer Shelby, you know, as a, the other queer person in the room, thank you so much for being here. I get exhausted thank sometimes. God. So exhausted. This is a historic yes. moment having a, a queer producer. Thank God. I know. Uh, how how does it feel for to you when you see like awful pride merch and during this time well one thing that was really frustrating for me um 
I used to work at Target uh, for oh. a while. Yeah. So the Pride Collection comes out in June, and you know, you're supposed to wear red as your uniform. And once the collection came out, they said, okay, Fridays you can wear like a Pride thing if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's funny that it was never the queer people that were wearing the Pride things. It was oh, yeah. this like straight management. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, see, this is not because we're getting excited. We're like, yeah. come on, now I get to support the community. Yeah. And like, this was not made for you. Um, and I actually brought that up with one of my managers because I was just so frustrated to see that like they were making it about them. And I'm just like, this was not made for you. This month is not for you to parade around uh, a rainbow. So it's very frustrating. But also, how do you do rainbow and it not be tacky? No, I mean, I think <laughs> that's the Rainbows thing, right? Rainbows and unicorns are the best. Mm. I've that, always liked a good unicorn. Think, Sorry, that's my favorite thing. Of course, as a cis straight you know, woman here, of that's on brand. I think as a child, I also rainbows loved are unicorns. pretty tacky though. Like yeah. even when I'm thinking of like when I'm hosting Pride, like I wanted to, I wanted to wear color, but I wanted yeah. to stay as far away as possible from rainbows. Yeah, and I get it. Like it represents something, but oftentimes the rainbow flag, if it's not the pro- progress flag, yeah. I don't want to see it because yep. that flag doesn't represent me. That flag doesn't feel like me. I identify as queer. And if I don't feel already um, as someone who can exist in a space when I'm seeing anything but rainbows and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's not even you'd even go a step further to get the actual flag that could be representative of me and the people that look like me. And so for me, it's just it always feels bare minimum during around this time. It's yeah. just I don't know what else to do because there are I will say yeah. there are some companies that do kind of like get it right Who sometimes. Does it right? Like I just feel like, you know, um, I heard like a friend of mine, he just got um, well, they just got a, a Bratz did like. Oh, um, I saw the Bratz that. doll, oh, yeah. and they were like lesbian dolls, mm-hmm. and like it's also what we're talking about here, as in like they're a company, a big company trying to do something that's just deeming. Oh, these are lesbian dolls, <laughs> they, but yeah, like people it love also these. is kind of cr- like very cute. Yes, like, and so like I can exist in the the middle gray area of being like this. Also makes me feel like happy because of the nostalgia of what it is, mm-hmm. but then also talk about. Well, hey, I hope this company is also doing something behind the scenes and not only just yeah. naming their doll a lesbian yeah. for the month. Yeah, and, and then was, hating lesbians. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, if you're going to buy, like, Pride merch, like, get it from a queer artist, like a yes. queer maker. Yes. Don't buy it from corporations yeah. who you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And unfortunately, though, when it's the 24 hours before Pride and you're like, no excuses, Shara. I didn't end up wearing that t shirt. And Amazon. my boyfriend did not end up wearing that shirt. What do I do with it now? Do I give it? Uh, oh, keep do, it. I, yeah, I think I need to keep, keep it. Keep it. But yeah, it's one of those things like this was like, you're, wor- you know, Are work- you going to burn it? Were you not going to sing it? burn it. <laughs> you're going to just burn I was gonna it. I was going to <laughs> It. I don't throw away my clothes. I donate them. Yeah, so that someone can find it and say, you know what? This is the shirt I was looking for. Uh, but you know what? When, you, when you're busy, as we, we knew, like last week was crazy busy for work. And then you're like, shoot, Pride's coming up. Like, And no offense to me, like I don't have a lot of colorful clothes these days for some reason. I'm like, oh, yeah. right? I need to add more color to my wardrobe. And so... I was that person on Amazon being like, uh, you know, because I need a 24 hour. Can you, you know, you can't find independent companies like that that will send it to you overnight. But also here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I think, you know, showing up in something festive 
feels fun. It feel, it looks really nice. It adds to the the overall celebration. Yeah. But I think oftentimes we get lost yeah, we get, in that yeah, celebration. Totally. Forget what pride actually means. <laughs> it started as a protest. It started as a moment that was very anti-capitalist. Yep. I mean, Sylvia Riviera, who was a leader in this movement, literally hated the fact that it was starting to become more capitalist it, as it was going. I mean, her last interview before she died in 2001 was about the fact that pride was nothing but capitalism now and how big mm-hmm. businesses were uh, you know, capitalizing and benefiting yeah. from this. And so we really have to be honest with ourselves about when we're entering into the season, what are we doing? Who are we supporting when it comes to these big businesses? And are they doing enough? Hey, and I will go. say, not to throw this out there, not to, I mean, they don't pay us, but like, I, I love, spe- uh, se- uh, is it like, spe- is it sec- Svetka Vodka? What is it called? <laughs> Svetka Vodka? Yeah, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it. So I saw their uh, float. Uh-huh. And their pride campaign float was bomb. Like mm-hmm. I loved it. It was really it was talking about like flavors of all colors and all oh, these yeah, animals, yeah. but it was like it felt genuine. It felt like, "Oh, you y'all got some queer folks on that team like putting this that is together." Fun. Yeah, it was it was really special to see. Okay, something to think about. How you, you say the vodka name? Again? I don't drink vodka. Svetka. You don't drink vodka. Yeah. I don't drink vodka. That's I gross. Do. That is true. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, producers. <laughs> Shelby, okay. I'm so sorry. Well, uh next up on the show, it seems like the Royals have have a bad boy on their hands. <laughs> what? Please get out of so, here. Prince Louis was acting out, and Ryan has some recommendations for the. You hear that oh sound? Oh my god! <laughs> for what's her name? What's the what's the mom? Kate Middleton. Kate the, Middleton. The... Kate wow. Middleton. So Ryan has Ryan has some uh, parenting tips. For Ryan people. recommends beat yes. your kids. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Oh, my God. Let's talk the Queen's Jubilee, darling. Welcome to I'm offended back, by this. Welcome back to the uh, Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. And we're talking the Queen's oh Jubilee. God, I think that's pretty good. Gosh, darn it. Huh? Is that good? <laughs> no, it's, it's awful. So. It's pretty awful. I mean, I don't think I can really offend like European white people. Sorry, y'all started there's colonizing. A, you know so, like, please, if I want, if I want, if I, if I want, yeah, true. But they're like African, and they're, they're going to be like they were, Ryan, that's still a part of colonization. But are we talking about Lou, Prince Louis? Is that his name? Louis. Louis. Either way, he needs a spanking. Oh, um, he was at the Queen's Jubilee showing out. Um, the Kate Middleton and um, uh, the one that's bald, the his daddy. Um, he basically, you know, Prince, what's his name? Louis. I always mix up all the Louis. names. Prince Louis the baby. He's the, the baby. Youngest. He has no manners. He was trying, he was basically hitting his mama. He was acting out. He was acting out. He's four years old, if you wanted to know. He's passed his terrible twos. And clearly, it seems like he may be a little bit of a spoiled brizat. What do we think here? Could they have done anything? Because it seems like Kate Middleton was, it was struggling. Awkward. It was awkward. It looked I like bad. it's like one of those things. Think about if you're on an airplane and you you're sitting next to some mom who's really just trying to get a hold of their child. Yeah, they're trying. And also, she's doing it with like a spotlight on her, so she knows she's being recorded by everyone and yeah. their mom. But so that there makes was a it piece even that we did not see. Like they we like they were covered from the like legs down, so she literally could have just like pinched his little arm. Yeah, a little but then bit or you something. see someone else. Maybe there's a camera. I don't know up from above. 
above, right? A drone or some sort of helicopter seeing like her squeezing and then she gets all I'm not used to that. He ain't, he ain't too young for a good little behind whooping. We've talked about this on the tap, show before. Tap. We've talked about if, you know, it's Just right or tap, wrong tap. or, you know. I'm not talking about like smack like uh, like actually abusing him but i, think, I don't you know, know if tap, someone tap is, wait you know, if a child is at that le- level and you can't contain that sure, child the, way, the reason you are because you are you didn't get no whooping i got some i got, you didn't some, get no I got some soap in my mouth and once, that's the problem and that's why uh, you're the way you are okay if you would have got a whooping every once in a while proud of who i am maybe <laughs> i didn't say you shouldn't be no, you said that maybe I'd be better or something well, if I got some whoopings. That's true. I don't maybe think I was so. right. I just think I think there along that there has to be some form of discipline, right? And it doesn't seem like it seems like because he's a royal, doesn't seem like there's any discipline there. Because Here, the fact the that thing. he was acting like that yeah. was wild to watch. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine. If I was four, no matter what, like that's just not happening. There's obviously an issue. Listen, she has two other kids that don't act like this, so there's something happening. We don't here. know how them kids. Well, we don't we see haven't them seen. Kids. It doesn't seem like like when they were younger, they were in front of the camera, and we didn't see something like this happening. But now, I mean, he's getting media attention. He obviously he notices. was in a public place. That's the only time he's getting media attention. Yeah, and like so photos that they take and so and he's he's trying to get attention. Also, I wonder what like a child psychologist would say. Like the last child, you know, you don't get as much attention as like the I first. I think two we're children. just reading too much into it. He he, you gotta like train up a child in the ways that you know. There's a little bit of discipline so they don't act out in public like that. And I'm actually quite shocked that mm-hmm. it, this is the same family who asked how dark Meghan Markle's son was going to be, and then how they wanted that child to be so disciplined just because they were black they mentioned versus discipline letting... with that I know they mentioned them obviously but I mean that come that comes with that you want your child to fit into a regiment that they're used to well so if you're gonna have Prince yeah. Louie out here smacking Kate Middleton in the mouth is that a part of the the, the royal regiment here's the thing the, the queen is old and I think she used to also be much more like the one kind the of queen's not the parent uh, well, she's barely staying on kicking uh, her I know. That's the thing. But I think that according to, not like I'm close to the royal family, I think the queen really <laughs> led, the, alert. <laughs> led it and was very actually, I, I think, strict. And so it caused everyone to be really like on top of their game. She watches one season of but, The Crown but then, and thinks she knows the entire family. But then it seems like now she's really old and everyone's kind of doing their thing. I do think, though, I'm not a mom. So I feel like it's easier a, said than done to say, like, to say, oh, why don't you discipline their, your kid? I think that um, obviously there's something here and I'm sure they'll be dealing with it, including, unfortunately, after all these headlines. But then imagine, this is what the sucky part on the other side of it. Imagine now, like, one, as you get older, either he's going to think it's funny, right? Or he might be completely embarrassed by it, that the whole world was, like, doing that. Or it gives him more attention and then it enables him to continue to being bad, right? And then as a mom, that's kind of embarrassing, too. So I hope they get it together, not just for themselves, but for everyone else so we don't have to have these conversations. I don't know. I'm just saying you see more people in the media for reasons that are more negative than other times because of a lack of discipline. And I'm just going to put it out there. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. So get it together now. Take care of your kid now. So that's. He probably already is spoiled, brat. Well, it is, you know, the royal family. I'm pretty sure they are getting what they want. He's a spoiler. Maybe brat. he needs to hang out with so the may- other side, the Californians now. Or maybe he needs a maybe he needs a nice little black nanny 
and she'll get him right together. That's why they were scared about Meghan Markle coming up in that house and the grandmother being up in that that little royal house because there would have been discipline. Ryan, you should discipline. you should start uh, a company. You want me to you want me to start a nanny company? <laughs> you think all I'm worth is being a nanny? I'm just uh, you diversify your income. I'm, it's already there. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. What would you do if you had a family member running for office and you didn't like them and you wanted to tell everyone not to vote for them? Oh my God, that was literally the exact same situation when I was about like 12 when Barack Obama, my cousin, was running for president. I did not want him to win. That's sad. I wanted our privacy. Oh, that makes sense. So why is that sad? All right. Well, now that I know the story behind it, thanks. I just thought you didn't want to support him. That too. But, you know, but it seems I, like he was a decent guy. We fought for a while there. He wasn't my favorite uncle. Maybe because he gave you he gave you a little discipline when you were younger. No, actually, I liked that. <laughs> oh my god! So Uncle Barack disciplined me. <laughs> All right. Well, this has gone totally off the deep end. Um, Actually, this question about how you would deal with a family member running is something we found on Slate.com. You know, this person said that their sibling was actually running and that their sibling is toxic, narcissistic, and controlling codependent. Sounds just like a politician. Estranged from several people in our extended family. Let's guess. Do you want to guess who the politician is? Let's play the game of guess that politician. Read the list and see what else. Read more details. They are also uh, emotionally and verbally abusive to their spouse and extended family. (laughs) Including our aged father. While we were moving dad into assisted living, we discovered they had secretly changed his estate planning documents to give themselves complete control. I mean, wouldn't you say uh, uh, Mitch McConnell? Who's the one that just lost in the wheelchair? Oh, the, definitely uh, Cawthorn. Ca- Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. This is definitely a Madison Cawthorn story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, letting you all know, this does not report that it's Madison Cawthorn <laughs> or any of the people we mentioned. We're, I already said we were playing play that. You know. However, the person who did answer the advisor here in this uh, column, you know, or the um person who gives advice yeah advisor um said (laughs) i was thinking advisor like a company um they said that it's a little uh, similar to that of arizona representative paul gosar who's actually i didn't realize this this he had six siblings speak out against his re-election campaign and it got a lot of press oh my god i I was just about to it didn't even matter i was just about to uh, bring him up actually because i remember his uh siblings they came out publicly like did a whole commercial for it in these creepy sweaters. They all look like they have issues, if I'm being quite honest. So, hey, pot, meet kettle. Um, but, yeah, that's this is wild. I, For me, I would tell everyone. I would say something. Because politically, there's too much going on for you to sit back and honestly be complicit in the fact that your person that you know is awful and only has, like, is an evil, is an evil politician, will be an evil person altogether. You have kind of a duty at that point. Right? Yeah, if you just sit back and you let it happen, yeah. you, you can listen away. Well, it kind of reminds me of you know, too busy Trump. writing into Slate.com instead uh, of actually doing something. <laughs> Take yeah, to maybe, Twitter. Maybe you could have gotten this published in Slate, and look at that. You got could have gotten some press. No, it's not about the press here. It's about doing well, something Well, not press, right. but like attention to go to the cause. Well, it reminds me of uh, Trump, Mary Trump. 
Ah, uh, nah. Uh, oh, oh, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing because she's also awful. She was trying to sell. She's something. also awful. And for me, I that that made. I remember when that came out when she was doing interviews on the View talking about she was you know writing about the family secrets and all that stuff. I it's just something about that that feels a little iffy for me. Because if she was just saying it and, and saying I'm coming out versus selling a whole book. Why she didn't come out when Trump was in New York and he was the big time New Yorker that he always has been. Why didn't she come out then? But in the midst of him actually having major pro- like power and doing what he did to this country, you know, I'm just saying, nah, Mary Trump can rot too. All right. Well, thank you. That she looks like an evangelist or something that takes mission trips. All right, well, let us know at LGT Show what you think, how you would deal with this situation. Uh, coming up next, what happened to this UFC fighter when he wore rainbow shorts to a match in honor of Pride? That and more next on What's Trending This Hour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 